Football's Scouting Podcast. I am Paul Duncan, also known as The Football. That's all my socials. And today we have a very special episode. I'm here with Marcus Johnson, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his journey from being a musician to an NFL writer working for USA Today and to now also being a scout for XTB. Marcus, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on and I can tell my journey and uh, a little bit about myself and, uh, you know, get my name out there. So I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So Marcus was one of our uh, newer hires. We, um, how the team kind of started was before we were even public, it was me, Searle, who was on the podcast last time, and uh, two two of my buddies at PFF, and we were just a small four-man team. We had some people who were, like, maybe wrote one report that didn't really stick, and we decided to move to draft right, and then Searle just recruited a whole bunch more people from SIS, and we had a full team. One of the guys left, and we were like, you know what? We need. We should probably replace him. And yep. we just got so many good offers, and we decided that um, instead of hiring one person to replace him, we were going to hire two good people. And um, that's how we that's how we got Marcus, and he's done a great job so far, getting articles, learning the new um, system, mm-hmm. learning the new systems. So, uh, what have you learned about scouting since you've come to XTB? Let's start with there. Uh, I mean, I learned a lot. I, I think it's kind of get, getting back into it, uh, into doing actual uh, scouting for the draft. Uh, I mean, usually I, what I've been doing is a lot of uh, film work, um, a lot of extra film work on the side. But I haven't really been seriously like scouting, scouting for the draft or like trying to make myself a actual NFL um, college scout. I haven't really put my brain to it like that in a while. So me switching it up and 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 uh, joining expand the expand the box score and it really has got me back into that mode where I'm looking at things a little differently. So I'm looking at the way a guy hands moves a little differently from a defensive lineman. I, I it just it's got me back in the scout mode of scouting individual players because I mean mostly what I've been doing is uh, learning schemes and systems more which is i mean it's a part of scouting is to understand team and systems and what is going on and how this player is being used i mean that's a key part of it uh i, I feel like that's why i was able to um come in and and be comfortable uh already because of my understanding of schemes and systems and stuff like that so i really felt like that it was it was um it's really got me back into the individual part of it um understanding things to say and how to describe things um i mean cyril is really good with feedback I like listening to what he has to say. And, you know, I'm great with taking feedback and I, I like to get better. That's that's how I feel every single day. I want to get better. So, I mean, it, it's, it's been a good experience for me, man. I really I really like it. Yeah, I'm re- really happy that the um, like like I said before, like this wasn't supposed to be like a big uh deal with lots of people involved it just kind of became that and it's been feeling great to be a part in organizing this and give it giving people the chance to write and be better and i'm getting uh, better at a lot of stuff and doing this too better at learning how to deal with people learning about scouting like i'm the scouting leader so to speak i'm the scouting coordinator but i'm probably like the fourth or fifth best scout on the entire team so there's like so much to so much to learn Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of happy that it's come that far. And I'm happy people are liking my methods and my um, scales and the traits we have selected to use. And I really hope I made this both 
um, good enough that the NFL teams will consider it like legitimate and easy enough for fans and scouts to understand. Cause like there are some teams that ask their scouts to look for 20 different things and have 20 different grades for different things. And I couldn't handle that. So I'm happy we're yeah. at like eight. So, uh, Another thing is, uh, I'm not. This isn't like a dissing you or anything, but you are our oldest XTB, um, our oldest XTB scout besides yeah. Ron, who's our our advisor. Yeah. And that's because you had a pretty interesting early adulthood. You got yeah. to live a life that I know a lot of people like to, like to dream of, or at least like to think they want to dream of. Yeah. And I just kind of want to hear your life story of how you went from wherever, wherever you started from in your childhood, because I don't even know that, to being a musician, to doing uh, sports writing, and all of that. I'm just, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, a little bit about me, uh, just my history. I'm from uh, Chandler, Arizona. Uh, my, my dad's from Baltimore, um, and my mom's from South Carolina, but uh, he moved here. Uh, my dad was 20 years in the Air Force, so um, we moved here to Arizona because um, he, this is the base he was at. And then he didn't want to move to Denver because we were about to move again, so he liked it here, so we stayed, and he uh, ended up retiring uh, for that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm from Chandler, Arizona. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not born here. I was born in Germany because of that. I am a military brat. Uh, but you know, we moved. That, that's just what you move, and I've been here uh, basically most of my life. Most of my life, I've been in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, I played high school football. Played at Mountain Point High School. Um, I played uh, two years varsity. Um, I was uh, all region my senior year, uh, and then I got. Um, I did get a scholarship to Florida A and M, which is kind of funny. I mean, I probably should have just went there, but I ended up. Uh, thinking I could do better. So I went to uh, Scottsdale Community College and tried to see if I could get a better scholarship by uh, building myself through the community college route, going the JC route, right? Uh, and then I ended up tearing my hamstring again. And then, yeah, so at, at that point, um, when I tore my hamstring again, which is funny, I was training for college football and I was, uh, the place I was training at, they had this kind of like, uh, what is it? Like this treadmill contest and Basically, if you could run in the treadmill at 20 miles per hour for like a certain amount of seconds, I forgot how many seconds it was, uh, you would get to get up, be on the wall or you're like the 20 second guy or whatever. And they, everybody does the test. And I got to 18. I was like, OK, I got two more. I got two more speeds to get to. And I already had hamstring problems earlier in the, uh, my senior year uh, from running track. And as uh, soon as I stepped on that treadmill, man, it just popped. And I was so lucky I didn't plant face first on the treadmill. I, I jumped off. Uh, that was, and after that, man, basically my football career was kind of over. I was like, how much do I really want to come back from this injury and play football? Like, how much do I really, really love playing football? Like, that, that's the grind that I had to think about. Like, I had to kind of make that decision at that point. Like, yeah, I, I could rehab this. You know, I probably need, probably, I probably ended up in surgery because, I mean, this hamstring still hurts me to this day, man. It's still one of those things that comes back on me. It gives me pain. So uh, I probably could have surgery at that point. Right. And then, you know, could have grinded myself back and been back on this, the team because, you know, uh, I mean, I was at scholarship to Scottsdale Community College. I wasn't paying for classes or anything like that. So, uh, I mean, it was full JC ride. So um, I, could, I could have grinded my way back, but I kind of decided to not to to get away from that. And that was the point where I started to focus on music. Uh, 
I mean, I always love hip hop. I'm a big hip hop fan. I mean, I've done like every element of hip hop. I can like I can break dance. Um, I did a little DJing. Um, I, I can't draw, so I never did graffiti. But I but you know I got into rapping uh, my senior year of high school too. And I, I wasn't very good when I started. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I mean, I always had like punchlines and witty lines, but I was like offbeat and couldn't find a beat myself. Uh, <laughs> but um, what ended up happening is like when I started. Uh, getting you know when i quit football uh and stopped focusing on football and training and stuff like that i really started getting into music and then from there um kind of just um i went to kind of different areas of it um and you know i I did that for about when did i really stop stop i mean i really haven't really stopped doing music but i mean i did that for a good like 10 years to 10 12 years like going really hard at it for sure that's that's sweet like uh like did you record like any like actual physical albums you go on tour yeah, yeah. uh yeah so um so I, I was in uh two groups um it was all pretty much local i mean the first group that i was in um i mean we, we didn't really didn't to, do too much uh and then i, I kind of went my separate ways with that and then I regrouped and then I met my uh, guy who's like one of my my best friends uh his name is uh uh Israel we call him Izzy Neutron with the rap stuff um uh I met him and we we started uh doing music together and that's when it really really got serious for me at that point uh uh we we uh me and him together um uh, we put uh put out um three little EPs. Uh, one was actually an album. The other two were actually EPs. Um, the first one, uh, we went by the name Numbers. Uh, and the first one's called The Equation. And then we kind of squished it to the going by nerds getting paper. Um, right? Because um, we were both kind of nerdy guys. So we changed it to uh, nerds getting paper by the second, uh, the last two albums. So, so um, I mean, Numbers was the name, but I mean, we were known by Nerds Game Paper. Like, if you Google Nerds Game Paper, Attack of the Robots, I'll pop up on Bandcamp and stuff like that. Some of my articles that were written about me in the Phoenix Two Times will pop up. Um, but yeah, so um, that's that's what really kind of the best part of doing the music was. I mean, we were pretty pretty popular locally. Um, I mean, like I'm saying, we we're all over the the New Times, the the local newspaper and stuff like that. Uh, we were doing a lot of shows back then. Um, but I mean, I did skip over era, so I kind of want to go back because I kind of just skipped over something. I did have my own solo album that you can actually find on, on iTunes. And, uh, if you have Apple Music, you can stream it for me right now. It's called, um, I went by then, I, I was going by the name IP. It's called 15 Years Too Late. Um, that was another big album that I did that kind of propelled me um, as, a, as a solo artist actually, actually after I left my the first group I was in. So after that was kind of like my opus that got me going locally through Phoenix and kind of got my name out in Phoenix and the Phoenix scene. But uh, once I joined with Izzy, we started uh, doing a little bit more things, a little bit more national, nationally, but not really big. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. And like, um, we, we did some out of town shows and, you know, a couple, a couple of big things out there, but uh, nothing too crazy. But uh, um, I mean, locally we did really, really well. Um, we, we, uh, me and Izzy were voted, uh, top 10 hip-hop groups in uh, New Times in 2012 uh, in, in Phoenix and stuff like that. So, I mean, we did we did pretty well, like, locally. I mean, nationally, we didn't do as, as good as um, I wanted to or, you know, as as much as 
you know, I wanted us to go, you know, but I mean, there's a lot of factors to that that I really can't control. Um, I mean, being from Arizona, it's really tough to get it out. I don't think any rappers really made it out of Arizona, like nationally, nationally. Some guys have made it independently, right? But nobody's really made it out um, nationally, even with the era of, you know, just putting something online. I mean, still, still nobody from Arizona is out there. So uh, it's, it's tough. So, but go ahead, man. Sorry. Yeah, I was going, I was going to say that like so many, like uh, I'm friends with, um, with a young man from Cleveland who is trying to be, uh, who wants really loves music, really loves rapping and wants to try to make a name for himself. And like him and his friends, they always talk about like blowing up. Like you just see so many of these kids on SoundCloud and they're literally like 16, 17, 18 years old. And it's like, they just hit, get one song. They capture the vibe of what people are feeling. They get played and their entire life changed. Yeah. But like another way that they can, you can do um, well is do what you did is and get yourself established locally yeah i know like the phoenix scene is arizona scene is pretty i don't want to say dead but like the only <laughs> rapper from the only rapper from arizona i know is injury reserve yeah like yeah the, um that's probably the only group that i can think of and they're not like mainstream or anything i only know them because i was watch some hipster music reviews and best albums of the, of the year that you've never heard of and i'm like yeah. oh what's this injury reserve these guys sound kind of cool oh they like death grips yeah i'll check them out so it's like there are so many different ways to have uh success isn't just all about like the chains and the glitz and the glamour yeah. it can be about having fun in your in your uh hometown so I guess now let's get to the um, your uh, your pivot point. How how do you go from being an established local musician to becoming a sports writer? Uh, to be honest, like I mean, I think with music, I just ran out of money. Um, I had too many kids. I mean, I got three kids, so um, I think the third one kind of just tipped me over the top. Like, what do I really want to spend money on? Like. You know, and it, it, it was a decision that, I mean, I feel like I had to make, but like, it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I went to, you know, I, I when we stopped, I mean, that's basically why I ran out of money. But, you know, it's also because, you know, I got a new job, too. And I, I dropped a, a video while I was there about 2014 that actually it was like doing really well. It was up to 10,000 views, but I was doing some stuff that I guess you shouldn't be doing and videos and it was I just got promoted and I had to make a decision like do I want my kids to have health care do I want to rap so <laughs> you know it's, it's stuff like that I mean that's it's, it's it's real so I had to make that decision and I decided to um kind of just you know kind of just leave it alone um I, I the reason I got into football scouting this is gonna be funny really this is funny is really is is Seahan Fahey Right, you know Cian is right. Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Kian, but yeah, uh, is, is that obnoxious it, guy? Yeah, <laughs> we're recent man, because I, I looked at him and I, you know, I, as I say, I played high school football. I've loved football my whole life. Uh, you know, I'm into X's and O's. I used to watch, I used to watch Playbook religiously with Ball, Brian Baldinger and Shannon Sharp. Man, I used to watch that all the time. Watch the breakdowns. I was always interested in, you know, the, the intricacies of football. I've always been interested in that stuff. They, they always caught my eye, especially when film Twitter, you know, around when I stopped rapping in 2014, you know, film Twitter was really starting to pick up at that point. Like there's, that's when people 
a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that work at the athletic right now, they were the younger guys who they hate on right now, to be honest. <laughs> they, they were like running stuff back in 2014 and having the, the super draft conversations and stuff like that. That's when film Twitter started to pick up a, lo- a little bit. And um, I saw him doing that and he just had the worst takes in the world. And I was thinking, you know what? I could do that. Like if he can do that, I can do that. Right. That's what I was thinking. Cause I mean, I know football pretty well. I, I could tell that he doesn't know what he's looking at. And I've had no training or any thought process behind it of what exactly I am looking at, right? Uh-huh. So I decided, you know, I really want to get into that. So I started kind of doing it myself a little bit. Um, but then I saw the Scouting Academy and I decided to go there um, to check out what I can learn there so I can sound like I do know what I'm talking about. So I think that is important. You know, ever since Game Pass came out, a lot of people just want to pull up Game Pass and just say stuff and just splurt stuff out there, right? And for some people, it's worked. Got them a lot of followers. It just splurt takes, whatever. Um, but, you know, I guess I felt like I'm an integrity person. I was like that with my music. I make music with integrity. Like, I just didn't make – I mean, it's half my problem, too, with the work ethic I had and the music I, type of music I was making. I mean, making indie, indie hip-hop. It's always more difficult than kind of making just like the SoundCloud. I just little pump, just kind of throw something out there. Trying to make music with integrity is going to take a lot longer. So if, if I kept going with music, I, I probably would would have started getting the love that I really wanted probably about around this age anyways, because the type of hip hop I was doing. So th- th- that that played a factor into it too. Um, I feel like I'm kind of going back and forth, but I'm sorry, but uh, I think it kind of all ties in together. So. So I saw that and I decided to go to the Scouting Academy. And then when I went to the Scouting Academy, I mean, that's kind of when everything started to take off for me uh, working in football. Because through the Scouting Academy, I was able to learn about a lot of positions, how to break down positions, what the NFL is looking for, how the NFL wants to present it, right? And the thought process of what actually being a scout is, right? And, you know, I was basically learning it. So when I started to write articles, I could just become a better writer. But then I kind of got into the whole scouting thing a little bit and learning that way. And then the importance of networking to the Scouting Academy is so important, too, because I mean, Dan has such a long uh, time network to a whole bunch of people. I mean, most people I've met through the the football industry has been through the Scouting Academy or through Dan, right? Um, so, I mean, it's so much props to dance for that, for even, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be getting halfway where I am with the writing or, I mean, I, I don't have that many followers or anything like that, but like, even what I do have, I wouldn't, if, if I didn't meet Dan and I didn't go through the network through Dan, then I probably wouldn't have any of that situation. So, I mean, that was very important for me to go to the Scouting Academy because all the people I was able to meet through it kind of, I was allowed to kind of expand through there. Um, and there's, there's so much I learned from there, man. Like you just learn so much. Uh, and the conversations with Dan are amazing. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's really how I got into it. It's through that. And then I was able to take what I learned and start writing articles. Um, the first first group I work with is uh, actually, you probably know Dalton Tinkleberg. He's actually the guy, um, I mean, it looks like we, we used some tape from him in the, in the Google Drive. Uh, he's, he's the first person that gave me my opportunity to write. Um, he used to have this thing called Blue HQ Media. Uh, and Dalton, um, uh, her Dalton was, is always a good guy. He's a, he's a grinder. He's a hustler. Um, so 
he he gave my first opportunity to write for them and I was able to write um, kind of learn how to write a little bit kind of get my ideas out there learn how to uh, how to express what I'm breaking down into writing form um, and I was able to kind of grow from there um, and with that writing I was able to get the job at Cowboys Wire um, I was able to contribute there and then you know KD he's a, he's a beast man he'll push the hell out of you so I got even better working for KD um, and he, he is a beast. He'll, 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 he will grind on you and, and get you where you need to be, but it made me better. And then now I'm at Raiders Wire. I feel like I'm pretty comfortable of with what I want to do and how I write the personality I want to, uh, put out when I write, I think it's all there. So, um, I mean, the journey from, from going, from going to, to music, um, to where I'm at also help because music is all about networking too, right? And I think everything's about networking, right? Everything's about networking. Um, every single field, you network. I mean, um, you can network your way to being a uh, uh, senator. You go network network your way to being anything if you could talk. If you could talk and network yourself through things, you, you're awesome. So I think that's what I took from music to hear is my ability to network and how to understand people, um, how to never burn bridges. Um, mm-hmm. I never burn bridges with anybody. That's, That's my same opinion. here. Right? You never burn bridges because you never know when you need somebody. I might need you at some point. And then exactly. if I burn a bridge with you, and like this I'm saying, like, or, or, if, they, or if they get above me, right, mm-hmm. and you burn that bridge, like, are they, you know, exactly. So you don't want to burn bridges because you you never know when you need somebody. And, exactly. And, and uh, I, I think that's something I t- took from music, too. I never burned a bridge in music. So a lot of people you know, that even didn't maybe not like me or anything or didn't like what I wanted to do. I never burned that bridge. We're all still cool, right? I never burned a bridge. Haven't burned a bridge in writing, right? Nobody's fully against me. I, I have nobody that, you know, people, uh, I hope people will recommend me, right? Um, but uh, I never burned a bridge at all. So I feel very comfortable with that. And I think that the networking and the knowing not to burn bridges and knowing that I might always need somebody has helped me get a come along for sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree with the whole uh, integrity thing. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons, like, I'm a little, like, scared of, like, Twitter, I guess, because I, like, see so many people, like, oh, somebody tweets their opinion on something and then people are, like, combative against you. Um, we There is a person we used to work with at DraftRight uh, named Connor, and um, it just seems like he is, like just getting his feet in feet in the industry and he's already got blocked by like every single like main football person because he told them that they were stupid because he's like the ultimate analytics acolyte and it's just like yeah geez like so much like you if you're a young person in like football and wanting to be a scout don't be one of like those trolls don't be I mean, as much fun as it is to watch some of the like best kind of trolls. I don't, I don't want to call them like assholes, but like yeah. kind of the more funny, funny people who aren't afraid of like making fun of other people and putting them down. Um, type people. Yeah, it can be kind of fun in the long run, but the last, the last thing you uh, want to do is make fun of somebody and then next thing you know you're applying for a job from them and that happens a lot like football positions you move around uh, move around so quickly people move up so quickly like one second there's like a guy in my uh, one of my scouting group chats and he's just a regular old dude next thing you know he's working for the Redskins or the football team 
Mm-hmm. So that's just um, a piece of advice that I think we would both agree would be a really good way of going about things. Another thing that I took away from um, what you said, Marcus, is or just something I noticed is there seems to be three uh, main sources, or at least three main sources, um, when I look at our group right here, of what was that first step that they took from being a fan to being a scout. Mm-hmm. For me and a lot of the people on our team, it was Sports Info Solutions. We applied for the video scout position at SIS. We right. learned how to chart from there. We learned all the so much details about scheme. Our manager there used to be a scout for the Saints and the Browns. He taught mm-hmm. us a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's what all of my methods are. It's similar to that, but I tweaked all. The, I took out all the things I didn't like, tweaked some of the things that were okay, and tried to make it easy for me to understand and hope that if it's as easy as for me to understand, it could be easy for other people. And 90% of it was, and then the 10% we kind of fixed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is the Scouting Academy. That's where you and Matt Holder came from. Yeah. Um, I've never done the Scouting Academy. I've been told by some people that it's great and it'll help you, but I've always been a little concerned since I already feel like I am a pretty good scout. And then the other one is working as a PFF video scout. Yeah. Because we have such a great community there. You get so many resources to like learn uh, learn about things on your on your own. So much great stuff from the analytics side, and we're definitely getting better from the scouting side. The draft guides PFF has been putting out have been spectacular. Renner yes. and Gale are, are really great. They're also cool people. Met them. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are like three places that you can go to kind of like get that first big next step to get you from fan level one scout and then level two scout. You're like on the precipice of being like an NFL or professional or getting paid. And then like level three, you're there. And that's that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. I agree. All right. So what are some of your uh, favorite positions to scout? Uh, I mean, I love quarterbacks. You know, I, I I think a lot of people don't, you know, trust a lot of people with eye quarterbacks, but I love scouting quarterbacks. And I, I think I'm, I, I think I'm pretty good at it um, personally. Um, I, 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 and, and I love learning about it because, you know, that's one thing that I, I love scouting. I, I love learning about new things and new ways to look at things and i'm constantly learning about how to break down quarterbacks too i I, you know i'm not confident that i'm a guru but i think my willingness to to consistently learn how to break them down and how they tick and what they look at um is something that i I love to do Uh, of course my other one is d line i love breaking down d linemen and just the d linemen and o-line battle I love breaking that, breaking them down. I feel very comfortable breaking down D linemen and understanding uh, uh, what it takes for a D lineman to win at the next level, or you know, even just finding if uh, doing pro scouting and knowing uh, if a player is a good pro. I mean, I, I feel very, very good about D line um, and breaking those down and 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 you know, understanding hand movement and how to win the hand fight and understanding uh, a lot of the moves and. To, to win and understanding, you know, what the burst that you need and, you know, a, a lot of those things. I'm very, very good at uh, at uh, breaking down the defense alignment. I feel very confident breaking down D linemen too. And offense alignment. I feel I feel very confident breaking down offense alignment, uh, knowing what they need to do, understanding, you know, what a reach block is and, you know, but offense alignment is tough and you, you really don't want to put out there that you can break that offense alignment because somebody would tell you that you can't because it's, it's just so – 
there's so many intricate just so many things that go into offensive line play but uh i'm not gonna say i'm not even close to being an expert on that i mean i as like i like breaking down a line but i don't feel confident in breaking down a line let's say that i feel confident in breaking down quarterbacks and defense alignment and i like to break down those the most but i like breaking down a line but i don't feel confident in breaking down a line so uh yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, a good thing we're going to be breaking down an uh, offensive line for to uh, tomorrow's scout school meeting. You okay. better show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. We're, we're, we're watching Conklin and Lewin uh, tomorrow, so that should be okay. uh, that should be fun for everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. One of the things I kind of agree with you about defensive line. I feel defensive line is one of like the first positions that. I think are a little easier to scout. I feel like yeah. that was one of the positions I picked up very early. One of my fa- favorite things about defensive line is kind of what you said about learning the ha- uh, hand usage and seeing, trying to see patterns and what moves they do. Yeah. Like when I watch a pass rusher, I always take a look and try to keep like a little mental tally of how often a pass rusher goes for a speed rush off the edge, how often they do a bull rush, and how often they do, say, rips, swipes, thrusts, or and things of that nature because with xqb we want i like it when people are as specific as possible and um i just think it i at least feel like loads of pride when i'm like hey i saw this uh, player do a rip move six times in two games or six times or ten times in four games and i can put in the scouting report loves to uh loves to use a rip move on crit on crucial down and distances to get pressure and that like when you can notice that it's like First, you have to notice it. Then you have to know what it's called because so many things in football have, like, weird names. And it's hard to, like, Google. Um, what do you call that thing that he does with his hands? So being able to recognize a move, mm-hmm. recognize its frequency, identify yeah, identify its name and uh, purpose, and then put it in the report is so, is, uh, so much fun. Yeah. With quarterbacks, quarterbacks, I think, are you need all 22 for, I feel, uh, to really oh, get them. 100%. You, you can't break down quarterbacks on broadcast, but mm-hmm. some people do, but you can't. You really can't. Uh-huh. And it's actually funny. I have been watching J.T. O'Sullivan's QB school. Yeah, me too. I oh, my it. goodness. He is so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. And uh, I, I was uh, – one of the things that I learned from him is when the back foot – so, like, at the end of a three-step drop or at the end of a five-step drop, when the quarterback plants and throws, mm-hmm. he started saying, you want all of that player's cleats to be on the ground to set that yeah. power base. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was just something I learned today. And I just figure you would want to know about that. However yeah. many listeners would like to hear about that. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end of the drop, make sure that back foot is planted, all of the cleats on the ground to set for a better power base to get most of his, the most he can on a throw. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about, like uh, always learning. Um, that's why I watch. I mean, I subscribe to that channel. So it pops up when he drops a new video. So I watch it all the time. So I really, really like JT O'Sullivan's breakdowns. Um, and, and that's what I'm talking about, always learning. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you, man. You cannot break down a quarterback with all 22. You think you can. But then, like, you'll have the people, you know, um, who just love Jordan Love. And, it, you know, uh, he's a he's a a guy that if you don't have all 22, it's kind of hard to see uh, what's wrong or why he's doing things that he's doing. And if, if, you could you could fall in love with some of his broadcast stuff um, because he's, even some of the, the good throws that he make weren't always the best decisions. But you wouldn't be able to tell that without all 22. You're just seeing the end of the throw and like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Right. But uh, 
You know what I'm saying? So it it it, it does go both ways with that. You got you got to uh, not both ways, but you definitely have to all 22 with quarterbacks. I mean, you got to be able to understand coverages too, and how mm-hmm. they're supposed to beat the coverages. So playing quarter, uh, breaking down quarterbacks is just exhausting if you're really into it because there's, you have to understand so much was going on uh, to break down the quarterback. Because even after you get through the mechanics, which is super important, the mechanics are the most are one of the most important things. But the other important thing besides like arm strength and all that stuff, people love to break down quarterbacks, is the mental processing post snap and pre snap, and that's the the big thing that I look at when I break down college quarterbacks is like, how smart are you though? Like, sure. You got a, you're a first round quarterback. You got a big arm. You could do all that stuff. I, you look, you look great, but how, how smart are you going to be? Like how, how much development do you need um, from the neck up? Right. Cause exactly. that, that's, that's, that's a big thing. I mean, if you, if you don't have that, uh, if you don't have it from the neck up, then I mean, it really doesn't matter. Exactly. One of one of the things I uh, I do is like learning that like you're not going to understand the coverages and progressions overnight. But one of the things I started doing that kind of helped me understand and helped me try to like determine how these quarterbacks are reading is I watch the neck in all 22. I look where his neck is pointing. I look to see how often a quarterback will look at um, looked one way at the top of the drop and then is able to look at the other direction for a second read across the field because believe one of the things i learned um i did this um during a charting process at pff where we actually tried to like track like where the quarterback was looking college quarterbacks rarely it's it's a lot more uncommon than you think for quarterback to look in one direction at the um beginning of the start of the drop and then be able to look in the other direction and be able to make a throw downfield. It's usually you have your read on the read on the left. Let's say you have like a um, a flood concept on the left, and if mm-hmm. that's not if that's not there, they're going to just hit hit the check down. They won't have the ability to actually go through a progression like deep, middle, short. They'll look one direction. Maybe they they can like read one guy and look at two. But a lot of the stuff at being able to get to their third read, you almost never see. And that was actually kind of surprising to me because I thought it would kind of be like in Madden where you're like, oh, X is, clo- X is uh, closed, circles uh, closed, R1 is open. Like, yeah. no, like there is when you only have three seconds to throw and literally turning your hips to look in the other direction takes time. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things that I did to evaluate, um, try to evaluate the smartness of quarterbacks and try to see if they can read progressions. You do the same? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely do that with reading progressions. I think you also have to understand the scheme that they're in, too, because uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, breaking down quarterbacks is so exhausting for people because you have to understand the scheme that they're in for you to actually break them down. Like, you can't break down Justin Herbert the way you say way you break down Joe Burrow. It's Justin Herbert's not – designed to do the same things that Justin Burrow is in his offense, right? So uh, Herbert's offense is, is, isn't is serious regression offense where he's going to go sit in the pocket and go through regressions. It's usually he, it's going to be a designed scheme for him um, or it's going to be a half-field read. And if there is an NFL concept, it would be like a sale concept or something like that where it's just a simple uh, – corner and go route that he just has a two two man read and has to read one thing it's not, not never the full field reads that you see in some other things it's more complex offenses or what you'll see joe burrow do um 
on LSU, which you know, he's doing pro concepts. He's doing like uh, some John Gruden stuff. You know, he's doing, you know, X, you know, he's doing X looky and, you know, things like that, uh, where he's having option routes and, and doing th- other things that, are, you know, you would do in the pros. So you, you can't, you have to, you have to understand the scheme that the quarterback is in when you're scouting him in college. And then, ha- and then you kind of, some guys, you just have to guess basically based on how they run their scheme. I, I think that's a big thing too. Like if you, like, I'll, I'll give it to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, he ran that scheme well, and he understood he understood the offense, and he was able to run it well. So he's able to pick it up. So you, you're kind of like, okay, if he could pick up an offense, right? He's able to run it really, really well. He probably can be able to pick up an NFL offense and start to pick it up that way. I mean, you you, you kind of start guessing with somebody like that, but like with Joe Burrow, it's not as much as a guessing game. You're kind of like, okay, he could pick up an NFL offense right away. So. It's it's a lot to to scouting a college quarterback and the projections the NFL because it's something college football is a totally different game and it's just it's tough man it, that's why a lot of people miss because a lot of times you're just guessing man <laughs> you're exactly guess is he gonna pick it up because I mean other positions they tra- they they translate easier um, but quarterback is just so tough to play in the NFL that it's yeah, and there's so many other variables. Like you can be like you can go to a team that doesn't have a good offensive line or team or structure around you, like Sam Darnold, and like feels like Sam Darnold's pretty much the same quarterback he was in college. There's been really no growth. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how much I can put that on him personally, but one of one of the things I I always talk about when I talk about quarterbacks and whenever Justin Herbert comes up is one of my one of the things you probably noticed in um, when we talked about the format of what our reports will be is we have a whole section on things we don't know about the player because I feel far too many scouts and especially young scouts they'll be like, well I didn't see Joe Herbert throw over the middle he must suck at throwing over the middle yeah when in reality that's just not how the offense is designed mm-hmm. yes there is a chance that Joe Herbert is not very good at throwing in the middle of the field in these like we call it like the money zone where it's like 10 yards downfield in between the hashes like where there's linebackers and safeties moving uh moving around yeah he didn't really throw it all that often there and yeah it should be pretty important to throw that throw those passes and you'd love to see it but I'd rather not see that than see it and have him be terrible at it yeah so being able to recognize things that you don't know when scouting a quarterback, and there's going to be a lot of things. There's going to be things that quarterbacks are going to be asked to do in the NFL, but they're not going to be asked to do at the college level. And that's pretty much the same at all positions. So being able to recognize, know the scheme, know what's being asked of him, know what's not being asked of him, and know, being able to know what things are being asked of his that he has trouble with is really what scouting should be. Yeah. Yeah, and I 100% agree with that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you really don't know if if they're if they don't do it in college, you don't know if they can do it in the NFL. You know, something some people aren't asked to do things um, in college. I mean, the, in college, the coach has to win, so the coach is not trying to be like, oh, I got to get this guy ready for the pros. That's all I'm trying to do, right? No, he's trying to win, so he's not going to try to teach everything um, that pros do. Um, so that's why there's such a you know, such so many flame outs because, you know, it's totally different games, totally different type of football. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, you totally different know. hashes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything's different, you know. Uh, so it, it's it's 
it's always a tough projection. I mean, it's a tough projection for any for any position, to be honest. But the quarterback is really, really tough. Unless you're scouting Joe Burrow, that was easy. Joe Burrow's good. He's probably yeah. going to be pretty darn good. Yeah, probably. Probably. That was one of the uh, more fun reports I did and players I had to watch. It's just like every throw he made was just seemed was at least close, and his ability in the pocket just uh, was just so great. It's like he had like a little radar that just went beep boop beep boop. Pass rusher there, take a step to the right. Beep, boop, beep, boop. So that was great to watch. Uh, so what prospects have you watched so far with us for um, XTB, and which prospects do you think are – you? I mean, I don't like uh, – I, I really feel that scouts should, like, have their work on their own, but in the media world, we want to know who you have higher or who you have lower than, like, the consensus out of the guys that you've uh, watched for us so far. Uh the guys I've watched, I've watched uh, KJ Costello, uh, Justin Foster uh, from Clemson. KJ Costello is from Mississippi State. Uh, he transferred from Stanford. Um, I watched Tutu Atwell uh, from Louisville. Um, I watched uh, Cameron McGroin. And then I've watched uh, Christian Barmar. Ooh, you've got a couple, you've got a couple fun ones. Yeah. Let's go with, let's go with KJ Costello because KJ Costello in 2018 was really good. PFF was hyping him up, saying that if he were to like leave early, he would get drafted in the first three rounds. Yeah, he had a lot of hype coming into his junior year, and then it just didn't happen. What did you What did you see? Why did he fall back so go from being a really good prospect to a lot of people giving him undrafted grades? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd ever agree that he was a great prospect. Maybe that's just I see that th- differently i kind of i kind of saw the same guy that i saw when i was watching uh jj uh is a, a gregor white side i can't our sega white side jj our sega white side i, I kind of see the same guy uh I, I think that he's just a little bit inaccurate um I, th- I think it's um like he has a long throwing motion too um he's very elongated uh i mean his, he doesn't have the best feet either um uh, but and you know he's he's not like he's he's a smart quarterback I under, he understands what he's doing i mean he, has a, he he throws a great intermediate ball right in the middle of the field throws a great, a great dig but he just he's so inconsistent um with the accuracy he's not very consistent um he doesn't move well i think that's a big thing that you see today in the nfl i mean offensive linemen are are, are the best in, in the world these days um uh, I mean, you, you got premier tackles out there, but I mean, there's 32 NFL teams, right? You know, just just not always a chance KJ Costello's get to get a get a premier offensive line going to the NFL, and he just he's not a mover. He's more like a Jared Goff type of, you know, stay in the pocket type of guy. He doesn't have a lot of athleticism, can't make anything happen with his legs. Not a playmaker, so it, it had to be like a super structured, uh, perfectly everything around him. I, I mean, he's not going to be able to really do anything. In the NFL, in my opinion, I, I I didn't I didn't see I didn't see a pro NFL quarterback. I see maybe a backup at the end of the day, but I didn't see like a, a starter at all. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. I mean I, I know he played well the year before. Um, just studying, I think he threw 28 touchdowns, but he, he just didn't have the same guys around him. Um, the, the offensive line wasn't as good, uh, he, so he ended up not playing well because of that. Because he he he's not gonna make anybody else better. And I mean, if you can't do that in college, I don't know how you can do that in the NFL. So, 
Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Like when you are a quarterback in college and you do not have like the playmaking, it's it almost like limits your upside. Like yeah. there was I remember when there was like a time when if you were a fast quarterback that was like a negative. Like Yeah. It's just like but now I almost feel it's like it's reached like the opposite. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, just because he's a slow, tall white quarterback doesn't mean he's gonna be bad. That yeah. was like one of the things that I was saying with Justin Herbert. Yeah, but I've but I kind of agree with that. You you got to be able to move and have playmaking ability to succeed at the NFL. If you're if you don't, you're kind of stuck being a Garoppolo or a Stafford, or yes. if you're like some super genius, then you can be like Drew Brees. But yeah. no rookie quarterback's gonna do that. Uh, how well do you think he will do in Mike Leach's offense? I mean, again, kind of like the quarterbacks we move. Air raid quarterbacks were always yeah. kind of like rejected. Graham Harrell, Chase Daniel, um, B.J. Simons never really got a chance to prove themselves in the NFL, despite being amazing at Texas Tech or in uh, Missouri for Chase Daniel's case. Yeah. But now um, Gardner Minshew is doing quite well. Anthony Gordon's looking like the QB, too. Luke Falk sucked, but oh well. Um but right now it seems like uh, Leach has been putting more people into the NFL. Uh, what would you need to see from him in order to say, take a shot at him in the fourth round and hope that maybe he's a Gardner Minshew? I think I have to see him just get better mechanically and also just become more accurate. Um, with the opportunity to throw as much as he's going to get, I mean, he's, he's going to put a lot of tape out there, right? He's going to have a ton of tape running that offense. Um, I mean, that offense isn't, isn't the most – complex offense um but i mean the air raid is the air raid he's gonna be throwing the ball like crazy i mean that's and it's the true air raid it's not like cliff kingsbury's which is adaptable to anything i mean this is air raid you you go with mike leach you 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 know it's coming but can you stop it type of thing i mean that's 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 basically how he's gonna approach it and he's gonna have better players now too to run it he's gonna have more athletic players um more nfl caliber talent around him um Especially going from uh, Stanford to Mississippi State, I mean his, his line's going to be better. Um, he, he's going to have a good chance to, to kind of shine, but uh, he's he's going to have to show more accuracy. Uh, like I said, he's going to have to show some better mechanics. I know Mike Leach is a good quarterback coach, so he might get him ready. Um, but I mean, I think I think a lot of his limitations are still there. So, you know, his arm isn't the greatest in the world either. He doesn't have like a huge cannon. So I, I would have to see more accuracy from him. I mean, that's the main thing. I, I just don't think he's he's very consistent with his accuracy until he gets there. I don't know if it, if it even's gonna even him throwing five thousand yards or forty five hundred, what he's ever he's gonna do in the um, in the SEC running that Mike Leach offense is gonna make a huge difference for him. To be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, a quarterback that is slow, not particularly accurate, without a great arm, just doesn't really seem <laughs> like a. He's not checking many boxes. But exactly. Let's move to a guy that is checking some boxes with flying colors, and a guy who is uh, has a very empty box in a tutu Atwell. Yeah. He's very fast, but very little. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, tutu Atwell is, is uh, I think he's going to be a, a a good NFL player. I think he's he's got some a special talent, especially in the slot. He's a a, a, a deep slot player like if you run in like some some wheels out of the slot or you know some um some cover three beaters is is a wheel is a wheel and hitch mixed together like and you have two two well in the slot running the wheel 
oh man, that is trouble. Uh, he is a uh, burst off the line. He has great release off the line. He is quick. It is not like a, he, he'll, he'll get on top of somebody really, really fast. So his release is just speed. And if he's in the slot and you can move him around and have him avoid press, which when he was outside, he did face press. He did win. I went a couple of times I saw it, but that goes back to us talking about how we didn't see him do something. You don't see him against press that much, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know if that if he can play outside or if he couldn't be put outside. But the couple times he did face press, he won. I saw him win because he, he has a great release. Um, so he's going to get on top of people and he's going to move past them because they're, they're not going to be ready for him. Like uh, even Andre Sisko from Syracuse. Uh, safety kind of really touted guy right now because all the picks that he's getting in his first uh, uh, three seasons I think I, I don't know how many seasons he played but he's he's getting a lot of love and he Tutu Atwell burned him like by by six yards and just he left him flat footed he Cisco is flat footed and it was just too late as soon as he took off on that deep post it was it was six right uh, but I think you wonder if Atwell is just running past you because it's college or is he, is he going to be able to do that in the NFL? Right. Uh, Cause at the top of his route, he's, he's kind of inconsistent, like getting open and uh, you know, stopping with the speed. Cause I mean, you can be really fast. Right. But if you can't stop on a dime, right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, then you're just Darius Hayward Bay. Just oh, go, yeah. run, go run fast. Yeah, exactly. But then you can't run a curl. So then it's like, oh, he's just going to run very fast. I don't need to worry about curls. That's change of direction and speed. You need them both. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's not very quick in and out of his breaks, you know, at the top of his route. Um, Or even like, let's say um, somebody's playing off and he has to make a move at the top of his route. He's not as clean as he is with his release. Um, Because most of the time, I mean, even on his post routes, it's not like he's like, I mean, he's leaving guys in the dust, but it's, it's not really like the move he made on the route. It's kind of he's just running past them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's it's not a lot of it's not a lot of him kind of winning at the top of his route like you, you would want to see an NFL wide receiver win. Uh, but he's still dangerous with the ball in his hands. He can take a jet sweep to the house. He has great vision when he's running. Um, he can make people miss in the, in the open field. Uh, I mean, he he'll, he's he's a great kick returner. Um, I mean, he's he has he's going to add value. I don't see him getting out of day two, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way. There's no way he gets out of day two. If if he came out right now, yeah. If McCall if McCall Hardeman goes uh, day two, Tuchel is going day two. That's all I gotta say. But if, if if they do play this year, and he has a big season, uh, a lot of small guys, if they still go first round. I mean, look at Marquise Brown. If he has a great season. This year, and he gets like 1,400 yards or something like that. I mean, he had 1,200 last year. He doubles it. I mean, he shows a little bit more at the top of his route. He could move himself into day one conversation with the speed and uh, the NFL, you know, liking that type of player these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you said he has a release, like he has been succeeding on releases, I know it's small sample size, but that is huge because what is he, 5'8", 165? Very little. If he can beat press just with quickness alone and can play as the X, That'd be, like, huge. Yeah. I know, um, what was it, Andy Isabella was a guy that PFF loved, and I feel that there's kind of, like, everybody loves, like, the small, fast guys because they're fun to play at, play as in sport video games, but somebody like Tavon Austin really never figured it out 
uh, there are certain guys that are just kind of like like Andy Isabella was last year, where they're just professional decoys. All right, go on a jet sweep. That'll scare the safety. Um, jet sweep decoy. That'll scare the safety. Or hey, just go run run really fast and really straight and get that corner out of the play. So yeah. it's like I re- always wonder with these guys as if they have if they were. Point uh point one second in the forty yard dash slower if they would still be good wide receivers. Yeah. And I feel that's something that I think you got to ask with these Rondale Moores and these uh, Tutu Atwells. But I think with how smart offense coordinators are getting and how much they love weapon type players, that I think um he's got all the chances in the world to succeed. Yeah, I I, I think so too. That's what I'm saying. Um, I, there's no way he would get out of day two to me. I don't, I, I couldn't see somebody watching how explosive he is and the production he has because he's got a lot of production too um that's a big thing he has he has the production to back it uh, a lot of speed guys they don't have that production that he uh-huh. does uh, he i mean in and you know he's that's what i'm saying like cisco is is getting a lot of buzz too for you know the plays that he made and he, he made him look silly on that post round so you know it's it's a lot of things that Tutu Atwell does well that, you know, I, I just don't see him getting out of day two. There's, I, I don't see it. All right. Is there anything, uh, are you all set? Anything else you, uh, any other questions for me? Any other uh, just general advice or um, people you would suggest a young scout scouting fan would could use to get smarter besides your own po- podcast? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out Tape Don't Lie podcast. Uh, that's my Raiders podcast. My man, B.D. Williams. Uh um, I mean, make sure to follow me at the Mark John NFL uh, to make sure to follow me there. Uh, advice. I would just say, uh, I mean, my always advice is just always believe in yourself and always have confidence in yourself and that, um, believe that you're going to do great because you, I mean, there's a lot of failures you could find, you're finding these industry. Like, I mean, I've been, you know, I, I was like, I was let go from PFN and stuff like that for pro football network and stuff. So, um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of times where you might feel down, you know, feel like maybe your work's not appreciated, but you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself and you got to be have a willing willingness to get better. And uh, I, I mean, that, that's the word of advice I would give. You know, I love it. I, I just love it. Like encouragement, ha- happiness. I, I just love it. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Like, I know I'm a lot younger and I have my doubts, but like. I, I, I feel like I can like conquer Constantinople after here and that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's what I'm saying. You, I mean, you always got to believe in yourself. I think you believe, I mean, if you don't have belief in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. And then, you know, you don't want to be overly cocky and be super confident and, you know, Especially be kind of Yeah, like yeah. Ian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. Ian. Don't, don't beat us up. Yeah. <laughs> Not burning bridges. He's, he's all right. I, uh, where I work, man, I got people in Dublin anyway, so you know, we ain't got to worry about that. But yeah, just believe in yourself um, and, you know, because you, you got to have confidence in yourself because, you know, some, some people are going to tell you that you're not good at something and, or you ain't going to be able to do it. You just got to kind of keep grinding. You got to keep going. Absolutely. So that was the show. We've got, uh, we talked about music, football, great life uh, advice, and Constantinople. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, thank you guys for tuning in to episode two of uh, the Football Scouting Podcast. And uh, we should be we should be back um, next week for the show. And uh, I hope we can build an audience and see this thing take off. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a great life. Bye, guys.